find our seats. God. It's all right. Sometimes you you let you gotta let them go. People say hello, right? It's it's good when we can come together. Amen. Amen. Not just for fellowship, but for like-minded individuals. Amen. To hear the word of God. To to grow with each other. And to grow each other. Amen? Every person here has a place in the kingdom of God. We might not always know what that place is or what our role is in the kingdom, but I can assure everyone here that you have a place in the kingdom. If everyone could just say for a moment, I have a place. I have a place. I'd like to... Take just a few moments this evening to speak to you on the, the topic of kingdom come. Uh, if you were here Sunday morning and listening, or if you heard Sunday morning's message online, uh, we're going to be in that same vein just a little bit. I had no idea that this was going to come together, but the, as God was putting this message on my heart and pastor was teaching Sunday morning, I just said, okay, Lord, what do I need to change about my message? And he told me, don't change anything. It's just where I want you to be. I think, church, that one of the greatest revelations of the gospel surrounds the nature of the kingdom of God. You see, church, when we enter the New Testament, the very first words uttered by John the Baptist and Jesus are draped in kingdom language. We hear the phrase, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We find this phrase in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2, Matthew 4 and 17. You see, the kingdom was at the heart of what Christ was proclaiming. You see, the kingdom was and is to be an ordinary fixture on Christians' lips. Kingdom-mindedness should be something that we always have before us. Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. We find this in Matthew chapter 6 and 10. You see, it's not just something to be a part of. The kingdom's not just something we should take place in or be involved in. It is something that we should actively seek. The Bible says this in Matthew 6 and 33. You see, the interesting thing about the kingdom of the Lord is that it is simultaneously a present dynamic, as we see in Matthew chapter 12, but it is also a future event, as we can read in Matthew chapter 8. See, if we look at these scriptures and put them together, I think it tells us that the kingdom of God ought to be understood in this way, as an already present reality while simultaneously being a future and not yet finalized event. So you might ask, well, Brother Joe, why do you, why do you speak of it in, in those terms? Well, we, I speak of it in those terms because the Lord likened the kingdom of God to something that starts small but progressively grows. 
It starts in one small state, and it, it gets bigger, and it gets bigger and bigger. And we find this in Luke's gospel, where Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed that starts out as a meager, small little seed, but grows exponentially bigger to where the birds can hide underneath its leaves. Another example would be that dough, while it's rising or growing in size, you see the kingdom of God is present in all of us and around all of us. It starts small by some estimations, but it will grow so big that it will eventually accomplish the ends for which God intended it to be. See, God chose us to help in that kingdom. He chose us to be a part of that kingdom. Amen? You see, Jesus had made it clear that the kingdom had come already when he shamed the Pharisees who claimed that his miracles, or they had claimed that his miracles were the work of demons. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 12. If it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. What he was telling them in simple language is the kingdom age has already dawned. It's already here, folks. It's been here. It's going to be here. It's going to continue to grow. We're going to help it grow. We're going to help it grow along. And God uses us as the vessels for that kingdom. Amen? See, I find it interesting that if we look all throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament, that God never left his people. He never abandoned them when they decided not to follow him. He always was there. When every nation came up and conquered Israel, those things happened, but the kingdom was still at hand. God allows us to go through things big and small for the kingdom purposes. See, I think the kingdom of God comes in greatness and vast demonstrations. And we see that in the spirit and power of Jesus. He reminds us of this uh, in the images that we can find in Matthew 12 and 29. Because we see that the kingdom has already bound Satan, the strong man. If you read that scripture and it talks about binding the strong man, Jesus was saying the kingdom, I've already bound it. My kingdom is going to move forward and nothing's going to stop that. You see, it was meaning that the kingdom was enabled to grow. The book of Acts tells us that this testimony of kingdom growing is a dynamic that is within all of us. Because if we read throughout the book of Acts, what do we find? We find that that message says that Christ's kingdom will continue even to the outermost parts of the earth. See, there's nothing we can do to bind this kingdom and bring it back. Once it started, it's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to multiply. It's going to continue to expand. I think it's such an awesome thing, church, that that phrase continues even to the uttermost parts of the earth is still true today. God is moving the kingdom within us and through us and all around us, even in today's world. You see, church, contrary to the major voices or the secular voices that we would hear today, Christ's kingdom is not going anywhere. It's not going to be conquered by modern secularism. It's not going to be conquered by some modern intellectual revolution. We're not going to think something different. We're not going to change it by saying, well, maybe if I think this way or think that way or, or go to a class on this or go to a class on that, that by my thought process, I'm going to change the kingdom. 
You see, in fact, church, every philosophy, every government, and every earthly power will eventually fade away. Period. No ifs, no ands, no buts. It's all going to happen. History has revealed this over and over again to us. Worldly empires who presume that they would last into eternity have fallen. But hear me when I say this, church. The Lord and his people will outlast them all. 2 Corinthians 15 and 24 says, Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall put down all rule and all authority and power. You see, the kingdom of God will never falter. It will never waver. Instead, we are told that all nations will come to Christ. We find this in Isaiah chapter 2, Matthew 28, and Acts chapter 1. See, at one time there was a part of separation in in the kingdom. The the Gentiles were forbidden from the temple. Weren't allowed to worship with the Jews or be a part of that, but here we are in today's day and age. That kingdom has been given to all of us, and we should rejoice for that. So we all have a beautiful, beautiful part to play in this kingdom. You see, that separation has been undone forever in Christ who draws not only us, but the Jews to him and through him. And we live in that blessing today, church. Amen? As Paul testified, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once were afar off, but having been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. You see, we're already here in the midst of the kingdom that has come. We are on the cusp of moving from one age in this kingdom to another very shortly, I assure you. Church, we ought to rejoice with great thankfulness for what we have in the kingdom for where we are in the kingdom. See, church, we ought to rejoice that we can come together, pray together, have fellowship together as like-minded, kingdom-minded believers. That is something that we should never let ourselves take for granted, the ability to come together in one singular purpose for the kingdom of God. Amen? I think sometimes, church, that we... We can get lost in that thought, and we can get lost in being preoccupied when we come to God with things. So thankfulness is an important thing. We should be thankful that we are a part of the kingdom. You see, things like food, health, finances, other people, these are all things that come as easily as they go. But the author of Hebrews reminds us that we have something much better to be thankful for. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire.
You see, the writer of Hebrews points us to something eternal that will last forever, a kingdom that cannot and will not be shaken. This is what we have to be thankful for, church. We have to be thankful that we are a part of and we are receiving the kingdom of heaven. Amen? The Bible says in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 18, but the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. We also read in Matthew 24 and excuse me, Matthew 25 and verse 34. Then the king shall say to those on his right, Come, ye who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Don't take for granted your place in the kingdom. No matter how big, no matter how small, no matter where you start. Thank you, Jesus. See, this evening I ask everyone to take stock where we are in the kingdom. Have we forgotten who our Father is? Have we forgotten the wonderful things that the King of Kings has done for us? See, I get emotional because sometimes that's easy to do. I don't like standing up here and crying, but sometimes I just... I can't help but be so overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. Come on. I can't help but just be so grateful in my soul of everything that the Lord has done for all of us. See, there was a time when each one of us had no place in this kingdom. There was a time where even though we were stamped and God already knew that we had that stamp and we had a place in the inheritance of the kingdom. We didn't know it because we were caught up. But church, I ask you, have you taken stock where you are in the kingdom? You see, I ask you also, we are all a part of this kingdom, but are we doing our part? Small things, little things. You may not be called to be whatever. I don't know. There's so many things, right? But you know that God's tugging on your heart, that, that still small voice in your head, you know, I want you to reach so-and-so. That thought of picking up the phone and calling and seeing how someone is doing, or out of the blue, someone picks up and texts you or calls you and says, hey, I need prayer. You know, one of the most powerful things you can do, church, in the kingdom of heaven is pray. So you can slip that bond between this physical world and the heavenly realm and take your petition straight to the king of kings. Please don't ever forget how powerful that is. How amazing it is to have that ability. 
See, it's fairly simple, church. We cannot go over the walls of the kingdom. We cannot go under the walls of the kingdom. We can only enter this kingdom and remain in it by one way. We have to walk the straight way through the gate. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1 and 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you, abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As I wrap up this evening, church, I would like to say that the kingdom of heaven should permeate every aspect of our lives. As a church, it is our job to permeate every aspect of the world. It is our job to, whether we want to or not, to move the kingdom forward. Because as Christians, that's what we are called to do. You see, we are the vessel or a vessel that God has chosen to move his kingdom forward. You have the opportunity to touch so many people. Brother Brad, you see so many people that I'm never going to see. Brother Raul, you get to see so many people that I'm never going to see. Sister Tamara, you get to talk to so many people that I'm never going to talk to. It's our job to move the kingdom forward. Amen. So in closing, I ask you, in what areas of your life, in what areas of my life, do we need the kingdom to permeate more? In what ways are we challenged or being challenged to spread the kingdom in heaven? I don't know where any of you are at or where you're at in your lives, but I feel strongly in my spirit that time for all of us to check our ticket. It's time for all of us to see and take stock in the kingdom and where we're called and why we're called. One of the most beautiful things about the kingdom of heaven is seeing someone new being born into it. seeing a babe in Christ come to the Lord, be baptized and filled with His Spirit. Seeing an alcoholic come in those doors and have God deliver them. Having a drug addict come in those doors and be delivered. Having a couple whose marriage is strained because they don't know what true love is having a family and struggling in that family dynamic, but having God work and need and put things out and say, I have a place for you in my kingdom and you mean something to me. Can we just take a few moments this evening, church? These altars are open if you want to come, but in your seats is fine. Can we just take some heartfelt time and redefine our place in the kingdom. If you've lost it or you've moved your way, that we would find it. Or if you've been struggling in your walk, that you take some time and say, thank you, Jesus, I need your help. Let us remember that we are a part of the kingdom that is greater than the sum of all our parts. Please come and pray.